What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Friday edition of Texans All Access. As the man said, I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. It's Titans week, baby. We talked about it on Wednesday a lot. We're going to dive in a lot more this evening. My keys to the game. We're going to talk to uh, Lovey Smith here in just a second. We got a little jump that Owens later in the show, a little Houston Methodist minutes for you. I'll give you all my predictions. But Titans Week is, uh, is special, man. It's really cool when the former Oilers come back to their old stomping grounds right here in Houston. Now, it's not been fun the last three times. 2019, we played the JV team, got beat. 2020, uh, it was a doink field goal at the end. And then last year's game in Week 18, it's like in Week uh, 17 in 2021, incredible football game. Texas came back in that one, got it to uh, 21-18. Had a sack, had Daniel dead to rights. He got out of it, threw a pass to Nick Westbrook-Akine, broke our back, scored 28-18. Texas came back and scored again, made it 28-25. Like, hey, man, they're right in this thing. Just get one stop, couldn't get the stop. Lost 28-25. So in the last four games against the Titans, it's a three-point differential. Just three. Titans up just three. Even though the Titans have won of those four games, the Titans won three of them, the Texans won one with the largest margin that was by nine points up in Nashville last year. So what's going to transpire on Sunday? Mm, interesting and glad you asked. One man who will have a huge hand in what happens is head coach Lovey Smith, and he sits down with Mark Vandermeer right now. Coach, taking on the Tennessee Titans, everybody talks about their running game. We'll get to that, but let's talk about having to block their defense up front with your line and trying to run against that and what they can offer you in the pass rush department as you're trying to prevent that. How tough are they up front? They are very tough up front. You kind of, you know, the way they've set their football team up. Of course, we have a history with them, too. And you get into our division, there's a certain brand of football that's being played. You know, offensively, we need to be able to run the football, and uh, they're committed. And I'm saying front seven. They, they played outstanding football that way for a long period of time. Uh, there are matchups that we're going to have to win, starting with our tackles outside. And, of course, when you're playing running football teams, a lot of times it's about guard-to-guard, our guard-to-guard play. Does it help when you know certain players like Zach Cunningham or Demarcus Walker, people like that, does that help when you have – Great knowledge of what they can do on the football field. Well, no, no, because I, I think, yeah, it does. And just to really kind of confirm what you see on video as much as anything, mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, Walker, you mentioned Cunningham. Yeah, we've had them. So we know, and what we know about them is they're good football players. They're going to play hard. And whenever you get a chance to play against your, your old team, of course, that's special to you. It feels like every week – and the evidence shows and the numbers, you've been throwing the ball better just week by week. Yes. And maybe you're not making all the progress you want to make, but you're making progress. What about this matchup with the Titans in the passing game? Well, I mean, when I say that we're a running football team, whenever a team says they're a running football team, there has to be a commitment to stop the run. From their uh, matchups uh, mm-hmm. come into play on the outside. So for us, yeah, we need to run, but – when we get our opportunities to pass the football, our receivers are going to have to win. And not just receivers, our guys catching the ball. Tight ends be a big part of what we want to do each week also. Uh, and our guys know that, and uh, we feel good. We made progress last week. I've seen steady progress each week. Well, you're facing Derrick Henry, and you face some good backs this year already. I know everybody's a little bit different, and you haven't had all the success you've seeked against those backs, but does it help having seen some really good backs this year? Now you have Derrick Henry to be ready for that opportunity? Yeah, and um, 
you know, some of the backs we played, we didn't know as much about, like Jacobs last week. Mm-hmm. But in our division, we know about him. And everybody in the NFL, of course, knows about Derrick Henry. And uh, we haven't played our best game uh, as far as run defense is concerned. That's why the challenge is we need to get momentum going. We have to correct some of the things we haven't done as well, and that's run. And run is about getting as many guys to the ball as possible and just being sound in your gap. What about being at home, Coach? Because it's been a while. Four weeks between Four home weeks. dates plus the bye at a couple of road games, one of them a win at Jacksonville. What about being at NRG in front of the fans? Excited about that. There's no place like home. That really isn't. And for us, when, when you know, you need a little bit of a momentum boost, uh, it's all, what I've seen is always good to feel the energy from our crowd. Our, our, our fans have been great. We can't wait till we start doing our job as well as our fans have done theirs trying to help us, and uh, it's time for that. So, yes, we're excited about, uh, you know, playing the Titans this week at home. One more for you, Coach. You mentioned the division and knowing Henry because you faced him before and some of the other matchups. What is it about being in the division? You see so much tape. You see so much maybe the Titans playing the Jags when you're getting ready to play the Jags so you know the Titans even better. It's not just about playing the opponent that week. Is that what it is? Yeah, that, that's a big part of what it is, and playing them twice at, at a minimum twice a year mm-hmm. uh, you do. And a lot of your time in all season, too, you spend more time on your division. You know, to make a, a playoff run, you have to win or you have to do well in your division. And that's why we put such a big emphasis on it. You know, Mark, right now, we're not pleased with what our record is. But in our division, we haven't lost. And a win, if we can get a win this week to be undefeated in our division after we played all of our all those opponents would be pretty special to us. Coach, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. Thank you very much. It's very nice to have Mark stay in studio with me. Mark, what do you think about love you had to say? Anything stand out to you? Well, look, the division thing is always prevalent. When you're playing one of these AFC South teams and you know them so well, this is the third matchup of the year. You had the Colts tie, you had the win over the Jags, and now you have this. And we all know what happened up there last year when the Titans were riding a six-game winning streak. People forget that. That team was piping hot at the time, at least one loss-wise, and we could pick apart the way they were playing. In that game, though, Tyrod Taylor played, and the Texans sort of duct taped a win together, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Taylor yeah. ran for a couple, right? Yep. And he got helicoptered on one, and whatever happened. And yep. you were able to survive the day, and no Derrick Henry available. But here's the thing about the Titans. Last year without Derrick Henry, they were still running the ball well. They just yep. weren't running it Derrick Henry well. And you and I talked about this last night. Derrick Henry, lowest yards per carry of his career right now at four. So to me, that says, all right, he's still Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong. And the Texans have been picked apart by a bunch of backs this season so far. But I brought that up about having seen those backs. Does it help you with Henry in Sunday's game? And I think it does to a degree, Johnny. Look, you haven't stopped it the way you want, but at least you've seen it. And maybe that'll help you this week because there's no question about what the Titans want to do. You weren't quite sure. The Raiders, yeah, you know what? They want to run the ball, but you're worried about Devontae yeah. Adams and Derek Carr and everything. With the Titans, well, you were. S- well, not you. I'm just saying other people were. Well, I. But you have to game plan concern. Yeah. And also, Ryan Tannehill can throw the ball, let's be clear. But. This is clear what they want to do with The Rock. That's run it. Yeah, this is a different animal. There's no doubt. I'll tell you this, just flashing back to Las Vegas real fast. There's a big play in that game that got overlooked. And 
was Derek Carr hitting Foster Moreau on third down mm-hmm. before I think it was the one that made it 17-13. Okay. And Carr is dead to rights. The Texans have a beautiful stunt. And it's an ET stunt. So I think it was Oboe and Heinish. And so Oboe darts hard inside and he gets Carr to move. But he gets Carr to move right into Heinish. Heinish loops outside and Heinish is waiting for him. And somehow Carr worked in between both of them and both of them miss. And then because of that, linebackers drew up. He threw it to Moreau, third down. Next play, they tossed it to Jacobs. He scores a 17 13. I thought that was an incredible drive. And an incredible play for Derek Carr. Tannehill does the same things. That's yeah. where I think I think Derek Carr doesn't get as much credit for that. But I don't think Tannehill can throw it at throw it the way Derek Carr's throwing it. Derek Carr threw it very very well the other day. But you knew Jacobs was going to be the guy. Okay, how are you going to stop Jacobs? I, what I'm curious is what's the mix of how the Titans run it. Yes, it's going to be Derek Henry. We all know it's Derek Henry. But are they going to try and get downhill fast? Are they going to run some duo? Are they going to run toss like the Raiders? The Raiders ran a lot of toss. Oh, a it's lot coming. of toss. Because the, the Titans do that too. Yes. Right? Yes. Forms of that. So I think it's coming. And they'd be I crazy mean, not to try it. Right. Absolutely. After what they saw in film. And I always go back to, I know when I coached a long, long time ago, I remember watching the team and they couldn't stop the option. And I always wanted to run the option, but we were kind of a throwing team then. And I was like, you know what? I'm scrapping it. They can't stop the option. I've always wanted to run it. Here we go. And all of a sudden, we kind of flipped overnight and became an option-heavy option, option heavy team, and mm-hmm. we started running it really well. And it was like, ooh, this light went on. Uh, hopefully, the light doesn't go on for Tennessee at that point, but maybe the light's already on. They, the 22 is getting the ball, and it's just a matter of how they get it. The one I worry about the most, I was talking to, to Everett, uh, our incredible PR guru who helps me down on the sidelines. He's on the sidelines with me during a game. And Here's the one that worries me. When Henry gets out of the backfield on pass plays. Oh, yeah. He's not a great – he doesn't have great hands. But when he gets the ball in his hands and he gets downhill. Out in space. Watch out. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. what worries That's me. That's when the business decisions happen. <laughs> it's true. Or, like you yes. say, you get posterized, yes. viral videoed. Uh, it's really – you know what? You don't get posterized in the NFL. And – the kids, kids today will never know the beauty of the NBA poster yes. back in the day. <laughs> yes. I remember going into shoe places and oh. Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder from the planet Lovetron. And they had a big poster of him you yeah. know, holding a bunch of basketballs or whatever he did. And I don't want to know what he did. But the point is this. That's where the poster came from. Guys dunk yeah. it on you. Click. You take the picture. It's a right. poster. You're right. In the NFL, it's not posterized. It's viral videoed. <laughs> Just like Josh Norman, yes. Derrick Henry, what he did to him. It happens with Henry more often than not. If you grew up in my demographic, where I, my middle school and high school years were at the height of posters because mm-hmm. the Costacos brothers were doing posters, and they were the ones that always came up with those kind of theme posters. Yeah. Oh, man, they, they were all over my walls in my room. I mean, it was just... That was that's what went up in the room. All what those. do kids put on their walls these days? I don't know. I mean, Vander Kid has stuff that basically we decided would go on his yeah. wall. You know, I don't know what you put on. I don't know. I have I mean, no idea. I I remember my room was a bunch of Costacos poster and a Mary Lou Retton poster. 
or the Farrah Fawcett poster. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to put that one up. Okay. Mary- At least I could argue Mary Lou Retton because she was a she she's was an, an athlete. athlete. Yeah, she's an athlete. I could get away with she's that. One. She's adorable. Yeah, I she's love awesome. Mary Lou. I've never met her, and that's one of my big regrets. I oh my like gosh! To, I would like to meet Mary Lou. If you're out there listening, I would like to just I'd like to meet you. All right. You. So we have friends, and they're really tight with her. Oh wow! So maybe I can make that happen okay, sometime. Cool. And like she she and I worked an event a few like years ago, over a decade ago. But she could not have been nicer and more wonderful. I love Mary Lou. Speaking of a decade ago, it was a little over a decade ago, like, I don't know, 13 years ago. John Weeks came into the building, started a game in 2010, I believe it yeah. was. Yeah. And on Sunday, he will play in his 200th. And I think that's just, it's an incredible accomplishment. I don't care what position you're playing. John as a long snapper takes there were a few times i thought weeks he was coming out of a game i would see oh, him yeah. limp over to the side i was gonna i was remembering this because this week is so yeah. special and i was remembering those times when it's like it looks a little iffy but he but finds he a way to get back out always there. ready to go and that got me thinking about you because weeks he's this is 200 games in a row 200 games in a row do you know what your number is What's your number for games in a row? I haven't for counted it for a while, but it's whatever the Texans games yeah, are, I know. right? So if you have 20 a year, where, where are we here? We're, right. we're in year 21. Right. Jeez. How many games is that? I mean, that's, that's we gotta a lot do of the, We got to do the well math over, on that because I want to know the game. It's somewhere in the fours, okay, because you have the playoffs attached right, to right. it. You still have the Hall of Fame game because year one was 21 games. Yeah, you so can't just like do that. a straight 21 years, certain oh. number of games. Like it's Although it's not really 20 a year. Well, it's still 20 a year because you have three yeah. preseason and 17 now. But COVID, you only had 16 because right. you had no preseason. So it's somewhere in the 400s. It's around 440 or 440-ish. I think when we get to 500. See, here's the thing. When we get to 500, it, I'm putting it out there. Oh, no, the franchise is going to celebrate 500, well, yeah. and so I'll be in the background. Like, yeah, I was here too. Uh, <laughs> me and Doctor Walter Lowe, and you know Andre's yeah, like Dr. minus Lowe's two been for everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean Doc's been there for everyone. We were talking about that on the bus the other day, but we get to 500. Yes, Texans 500, but I, I know still... that I will scream that from the rooftops. I think it's great for Weeksy for two 200 games, and so on Thursday there was a video that they played. Uh, that that Omar played and the McNairs were here. It was so sweet. Um, Mrs. McNair was here and she was so. I, I, every time that she speaks to someone, I just feel like oh, I, I love her to death. She reminds me so much of my mother-in-law, um, who is from North Carolina, and they just have such mannerisms. The way they sound, everything is the same. And so John's wife and daughter were here. Uh, they brought a cake, of course, which I said give to Nick um, because sure. nobody in the media is going to eat the cake. <laughs> but Nick would absolutely have a couple of slices uh, yeah, with his no. lunch. But everybody said then they had a video and the video was great because it was it was uh, Ligashevsky. It was Izzo. Seeley. Seeley. Mm-hmm. Tracy Smith. Kubiak. Kubiak at the end was just awesome. <laughs> He's like, what's up, Kub? I'm in my I'm in my barn. As if to say, like, what do you think of my barn? And yeah. he just it was awesome to see uh to see him and to hear from him. But to see the respect that uh that he's had, and you think about just the number of special teams coaches he's had over the years. Yeah. So he started with he started Most with young. Joe, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it went to Liggy after that? Uh not right away. It was uh I want to say Izzo came in there at some point. No, that was later. It was Liggy, then Izzo, then Tracy, or then uh Brad and Tracy. Okay. And then that now turned into somebody. Frank and Sean. I feel yeah. like there's maybe somebody missing, but 
still to be able to do his job and do it so well and earn the trust of so many so many different special teams coaches over 13 years i think it's i think it's unbelievable all right so i'm a garage band veteran right i've yes. played in a bunch of bands in my life special teams coaches are like drummers they're mm-hmm. like drummers. They're crazy. They have to be. Drummers are crazy. I like drummers it. always get the girl. All right. Well, we won't get into that yeah, right yeah. now. The women love the drummers, man. I don't, especially there's if they no sing. Pamela Anderson in your career. If they sing like some point. No. <laughs> See, Tommy Lee's a drummer. Right there, exactly. you go. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, I make that. I like your analogy. Oh, I've never no, heard that before. Good. That's pretty they're, good. They're drummers. Yeah, they're absolutely they're drummers. drummers. They're nuts. Mm-hmm. Most most special teams coaches, they may look like they've got it all together, but they're they're crazy. I was talking to, uh, I can't remember, Frank Ross and I were talking, and I saw him, oh, I can't remember where it was, and um, I said something, we were talking about sleep, and he's like, yeah, man, I got like three or four in, and then I just was, I was just wired. I was ready to go, so I just got up and started prepping for next week. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> wired, <laughs> like he's just on a, he's but on a different does, planet. His energy just doesn't stop. I I I love that guy. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a head coach in this league at some point, and I think he's gonna be a really successful one. I think he's gonna be on a John Harbaugh level. I think he's gonna be that successful in this league. Some I point think he's got he the goods to do it. Frank yeah. Ross has the goods to do it. He has that demeanor about him, and. You know, he's got the energy. Obviously, you need great energy to yep. be a head coach. I mean, anybody will tell you that who's done it at any level. Uh, and you just mentioned it, you know, being able to sacrifice sleep. Look, it's not ideal. Sleep is important for your health, ladies yes. and gentlemen. But when you're on a mission, often you have difficulty sleeping because you're always thinking about how to do it better. Whatever yep. it is, it is, right? Was that a little redundant? Yes, it was. But you get my point. Yeah, absolutely. At Las Vegas, I couldn't sleep. I know it wasn't a mile high elevation, but man, I still it's it's like half a mile up. It's like twenty five hundred feet, something like that. Twenty five hundred, two thousand. It's Vegas. Feet. I heard the sirens a lot Did you? that night. Oh yeah, I heard sirens boo, in Vegas. Sure. Is that the slowest moving Ferris wheel ever? By the way, could you see it out of your? You could because you, yeah. you were one floor above me. Right, but that Ferris wheel in Vegas, and look, a lot of major cities in the world have Ferris wheels. Gigantic London had ones. one. London, uh-huh. Paris. I thought it was cool when the aquarium opened and they had a Ferris wheel. I Mm -hmm. thought that's a cool thing for the city. And those who have traveled a lot understand this. And Vegas has a gigantic one with gondola carts or whatever they are. I don't know how you describe those. But, of course, it's going to move slow because you want it to move slow. You want it to be. It's not a thrill ride. You want to see the strip, the lights. It's cool. By the way, on my Instagram, I think I put it on stories, not on a post, so you won't see it. I took a heck of a video when we were taking off after the game. And I was oh. like, you know, we lost the game. I don't oh, yeah, the- that was a cool thing. I didn't even realize the airport was that close. Yeah, it's so close. I didn't realize that at all. That was a great takeoff view. Oh, great view. And just at dusk, and you see the yeah. sun in the distance behind the really, mountains, but you really see cool. the lights of the strip up. You know what's really depressing in Vegas? If you happen to be up very late, as in all night long, which I haven't done in you know decades, but when the lights go off... On the strip. Do they? In the morning. Yeah, they do. Well, some of the lights, the marquee lights yeah, go yeah. off because it's sunny and whatever. Yeah. You're not going to see them anyway. But when you see that and they go off, you realize, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know that I ever saw. Well, I don't know. I'm, I've never been up at that point to see them off. I just mm-hmm. can't imagine them being off. But at that time of day, it was, it was, we use the word awesome to, like, that's great. That's so cool. We use the word awesome in that way, but awesome as a. As an adjective, filled is, with awe. Yes, mm-hmm. it is literally whoa. 
I mean, it just blows yeah. your mind, good or bad. It's just it kind of blows your mind, and that that view was that was that leaving. Um, and I was glad to get out of there after that that weekend and that loss to the Raiders. So Sunday, roof open, roof closed. What's your guess? What's the rain report? See, that's the thing. I, I think the rain ten percent. Really, that's it. Yeah, it's low. I'm gonna say maybe open, Johnny. I say I open. think we got a good shot at openness here, even if it's a little grain. I'm kind of curious because whenever it's been open, it's always been sunny, sunny, sunny. I think it might gray be is partly cloudy. I'm curious to see what gray would be. Gray is good. I know. You I don't would have like the glare it. and the sun yes. and the eyes of the kick returners and all that. I would gray, love it. Gray is fine, but I've look. I have no one from ticketing on the line here. You know, no mm-hmm. hotline to ticketing. But I know this. If they open the roof under any circumstances, there are always some complaints, no matter what the weather is. What you complain about the cool, roof being open the for? The sun was in my eyes. Uh, Close the roof. People complain to complain. I know that, and it's okay because they're the customers, and they're always yeah, right because right. everybody's right by their own subjective opinion, whatever it might be. And some people might not like any kind of sun whatsoever. I just don't want to be in the sun, period, even if it's 63 degrees and perfect. Have we ever done a night game with the roof open? Yes, and I think there's a shot for Thursday night. When when was that? Uh, I, it was definitely not it. when I was here oh. because somebody did not like it open. Okay, 2013, yikes, the Colts on Sunday <gasps> night. That was roof open? That was roof open. Oh, my God. Yeah. There should be a 30 for 30 for that game. There should be because Seth Myers was here, but more importantly, Drew and Seth trying to do a little vamping right. and – cutesy not cutesy but you know fun interview and gary kubiak goes down with the mini stroke right and then blowing the lead i mean oh, i forget oh the gosh. name of the halftime reporter but jackie that was a battle red night too was it yeah, not it was battle oh red and it was case keenum and doing the old fake spike to throw the third touchdown pass of the half to andre johnson that was awesome when it comes to 30 for 30s for gut punch games uh-huh that one's up there it is up there because you the, well, the whole 2013 seasons up big there, lead honest, over but. the Colts at the half, and you're mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh, Keenum looks awesome. This yeah. is great." And then, then Kubiak goes down, and everyone's wondering how is he. Right. And the second half, you just have a meltdown against oh. Indy and Andrew Luck. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad that Andrew's resting comfortably right yes. now, retired. Thankfully, how about what Dorsett said though the other day to us? Yeah, that. Man, I wouldn't put it past him to someday maybe come back or something. Just not with them. No. Yeah. Come I mean, back in, with an NFC team. Yeah. Sure. I'll be Absolutely. here to watch that. Yeah. Fine. No doubt. Just over in the NFC East, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just not with Dallas. Maybe Tampa Bay's looking for maybe a quarterback. Washington. Washington. Commanders. Tampa Bay could be looking for a quarterback sure, sure. sometimes. That's yeah. sad, though. You know, that was kind of sad to see that today. I, I know. I hate that news. But it just goes to show that, I mean everybody's fallible. Like, it's right. even at 45, he's finally showing some cracks in the armor. Now I'm curious to see what happens. Is Fox is Fox Sports ever going to get analyst Tom Brady? Yeah, what do you mean? Will well, I he mean, walk away and not want to be part of it and not want to be know. in the limelight or whatever? Uh, it's a great question. This year's got to be very tough for him. Two games below 500. I mean, this is not Tom Brady, right? This I mean, is he's got to keep very his Q rating deal. up. To, he's got to keep his Q rating up in some sense to be in that role. I mean, he can't just go, f- you know, straight, straight villain and expect it to go well. So I don't know. I Maybe feel, not. I feel bad. You know what? It's, I don't feel bad, bad. But like the coaches, 
when you look at Bowles, when you look at Leftwich, and even Lafleur with Green Bay, with Rodgers not going so well. But, you know, it's really an organizational thing. I don't yeah. think Brady's playing that badly. He might not be who he was, but it's not him. Yeah. You know, this team's really struggling right that now. That defense was abysmal yeah, second half. exactly. Now, they were banged up. The whole secondary is different. Right. I was actually talking to Tristan, his brother, twin, as they called them, the twins, uh, at Sam Houston. Zion got to play a bunch. And, and covered really well. His tackling, as Zion told Tristan, his tackling needs some improvement. But that was cool. It was really cool to see you know somebody that I had covered so many games at Sam, got to know him, and uh, his agent's one of my best friends. So it was really cool to see Zion last night. But needed the Bucks to win. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> had some friends that needed the Bucks <laughs> to win, too. But uh, that's it too bad. didn't happen. Mark, appreciate it. Coming you, up Johnny. next. It's time for my keys to the game. How the Texans going to beat the Titans? Well, let's talk about it right here on Texas All Access next. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a Friday edition of Texas All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. It's time to get into my keys to the game against the Tennessee Titans. So let's cue up my music. There it is. And let's get into it. Now, as we get into it, Let's discuss the availability of various players for this game. Let's talk about the status report first before we get into the nooks and the crannies of this game because I think some of the aspects of what's an injury and status report could impact the keys that I wrote back on Tuesday. So you guys will take them with a, you know, sort of a, I don't know, uh, kind of a wait-and-see approach for a couple of these uh, based on, what I wrote and what the status report says. So let's think about the Texans here. The Texans have seven players that are questionable. Seven that are questionable. The DNPs, in fact, these three, two of them were DNPs all week. A third was a DNP for the last couple of days. AJ Can uh, was six starting on Thursday. So he did not participate in practice on Thursday or Friday. He's questionable. Malik Collins, dealing with that chest issue, did not participate all week against the, uh, after the game against the Raiders. He is also questionable. Nico Collins, dealing with that groin injury, he did not practice all week. He is questionable. My spidey senses say that Nico and Malik, the Collinses, will not be in this game. But this is questionable. So we'll hold out hope until we find out that there's no hope there. A limited participant today in practice. Now, he had been full Wednesday, Thursday, but he was limited on Friday, which always worries me, and that's Rasheem Green, who has really gotten after the quarterback with his pass rush uh, throughout the first six games of this year. He is listed as questionable. Full participants today in practice. Brandon Cooks, Kenyon Green, Justin McCray. Now, Justin was limited uh, for the first couple of days, full today. Kenya Green was full for the last couple of days with the shoulder. And Brandy Cooks is dealing with the wrist. Those three are also questionable. So, let's say that all of them are out. That means right and left guard, the backup left and right guard, and your two starting receivers, if that's the case. Now, again, like I said, Nico and Malik, Mike Spidey senses say they're not going to be playing in this one, that they need a little bit more time to recover. But Malika, at least, is a veteran. He's been through it. Maybe he can pick it up and play. We'll see. Um, Nico, I'm just, I, I just go back to seeing him come out of the tent on Sunday in Las Vegas, and I just thought there's not a way I think he could play. But, again, questionable. So we'll, 
you know, keep hope alive, if you will, in the words of my uh, good friend Chris Level, who covers Texas Tech football. Now, on the other side, there was a lot of talk about injuries. In fact, when this injury report came out on Wednesday, the Titans had 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13 guys on that list, including Zach Cunningham, Ben Jones, a couple of former Texans. So, Ben Jones in. He was a limited participant. Uh, this we was He was full on Thursday, limited on Friday. He's in. Nate Davis in. He has not played in a couple of weeks. He is back at right guard. Aaron Brewer, the starting left go, do, starting left guard dealing with toe. He's in. Dylan Cole, Morgan Cox, Zach Cunningham, Bud Dupree, Joe Jones, and David Long, who is the other starting linebacker who had been banged up with a groin issue. They're all in. So the Titans, from a firepower standpoint, are probably uh, as well put together as they've been in a while because they've got Zach Cunningham back. Uh, they have David Long ready to go. Now, David Long has been playing, but having Zach Cunningham back is going to be a big one. Having Nate Davis at right guard is going to be big. I think Davis is one of the better younger young guards in the league. And now that he's back, uh, they don't have to play Dylan Radons there, who I think is miscast as a guard. So uh, a lot of different things going on with the Tennessee Titans, but in a good way. Now, they also have a few DMPs. Now, Kevin Byard popped up today. It says not injury-related. Now, it doesn't say rest. It just says not injury-related. But he's in. It doesn't say that he's questionable out. He's in. The two players that are out for the Titans, Torrey Carter, fullback, Rashad Weaver, outside linebacker, edge rusher. Well, that's a little bit problematic because they've already lost Harold Andre at the beginning of the year. And Bud Dupree is the other guy they have to go with Rashad Weaver. And Weaver had been playing well. Nick Casario pointed him out when we talked to Nick back on Wednesday. So Weaver out. Carter out. Questionable. Jeffrey Simmons and Ryan Tannehill. I think that Tannehill will definitely give it a go. Simmons, in his press availability in the locker room, said he's doing everything possible to give it a go, knowing it's a division game. He wants to be there to play in this one. He's doing everything possible uh, from a rehab standpoint to get ready to go. He has not practiced all week dealing with an ankle. He said in his press availability, I feel better today than I did last Sunday when he actually hurt the ankle. So I'm expecting to see both of them. How much we see of Jeffrey Simmons, because obviously D-line can rotate a little bit, uh, we'll see. But Ryan Tannehill, my gut says he'll play. He'll hand off to Henry. He'll get them in the right play. He'll make a couple of passes here or there. But I do think that Malik Willis will play about seven, eight snaps, whether it's Wildcat snaps or just true. I don't know. He's going to say Wildcat. He gets, he gets there in shotgun. I mean, it's a regular, you know, he's quarterback in there. Would Willis ever line up next to Tannehill in some goofy line? We'll see. We'll see. Maybe they're saving it. But keep an eye on that. Ryan Tannehill, questionable. Jeffrey Simmons, questionable my gut says they're both going to play dealing with ankles but we'll see uh and Ryan Tannehill also listed with an illness so if it is Malik Willis well I think that could end up being an issue so let's get into our keys and start with the aforementioned Titans offense this is an offense that has been abysmal and by abysmal I feel like I'm being nice there are 100 uh, they're 20th in the NFL in rushing with 109 yards per game. Now, the caveat is the Texans are last in the NFL in stopping the run. So, and they have Derrick Henry. So, maybe the Titans get well there. 
where the Texans have been much better is stopping the pass, and the Titans are not good throwing the football. 165.5 yards per game, that's 27th in the league. They average under 275 yards per game. That's 31st in the league. They've lost seven turnovers. Tannehill, if he starts, I mean, he is, well, I don't want to say he's just a guy. He's not because he's made a ton of plays against the Texans. He's also given things away like he did last year. So let's get into the keys here. We'll talk about Tannehill because he's one of the keys. Number one, I call it the reunion. We missed Derrick Henry last year. We missed him a lot. I hope that we missed him so much last year in 2021 that we decide all 11 guys just hug him the entire game and tell him how much they missed him. And I'm not joking. Hugging him means they're wrapping up and they're bringing him to the ground and he's not turning five and seven yard runs into 50 and 70 yard runs. That is, I think, the biggest key in this particular game against the Titans. Offense, defense, special teams. It is, will you show the discipline it takes to not throw a shoulder into a 6'4", 247-pound running back is to wrap him up around the ankles and bring him down and grab jersey and grab an arm, grab his elbow pad, grab at the football, whatever it takes to wrap him up and bring him to the ground. Will you do that? Because it's not a, it's not a can you. It's a will you. That, to me, is the biggest thing. It is want to against a guy like Derrick Henry. Now, look. 6'4", 247, running a 4'5", and he has an open gap inside. Eesh, that, I mean, that's, that's going to test your will. It's going to test your heart. It's going to test you as a football player in that back end. It's the first time that Jalen Petrie, Jonathan Owens, Derek Stingley have played against Derrick Henry. So they're going to have to wrap up. These linebackers, Christian Harris, although he went to Alabama, has never played against Derrick Henry. It's a completely different animal Christian Kirksey didn't see him last year tackling him and just tackling in general has got to be at a high level now the one thing that goes along with that making the tackles easier or if you slow him down well duh, John I get that well here's what I mean there are some running backs that like Damien even if the hole where he's headed initially isn't there he can stop on a dime or plant that outside foot and cut it back and he doesn't lose momentum. He doesn't lose his juice. Derrick Henry does. So being gap disciplined up front and being violent with your block get off. If there's something that this front has not been that adds, I think, to the run defense woes, it's that. They're not violent getting off the football. The Raiders ran some stuff. The Titans have not been running. But I would imagine they've added a few things, i.e. pin and pull toss. Wide receiver comes and cracks on the defensive end, makes the corner have to replace, and now you have Derrick Henry one-on-one on Nelson or Stingley, and I don't like it. But that's what the Titans are going to do. I guarantee you they've added that. The other thing about Henry is he likes to run inside, but when he has runway, that's when he's most difficult. And I'm talking about 10 inches. If he has 10 inches of runway to just get skinny through the hole and then shoot out the hole, you're in trouble. So gap discipline is of the utmost. Keeping him contained, slowing his movement down to make him stop, find a new hole, reset, and go. If they can do that, they're going to have an easier time tackling him, and that is the biggest key offensively. Look, I mean, Tannehill, in all honesty, 
Who cares what Tannehill does? It's about stopping Derrick Henry. Last week, it was about stopping Josh Jacobs. I knew they had Devontae Adams. I knew they had Derek Carr. And those two made some plays. And the passing game hit at the end of the first half to Mack Hollins, et cetera, et cetera. But not stopping Josh Jacobs was the game. Not stopping Derrick Henry will cost the Texans this game. It's that simple. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball. Titans defense. At first glance, you think, man, this is one of the better units in the league last year, right? They only give up 97 yards per game in the NFL. That's fourth in the NFL. That's good. However, they give up 278 yards through the air, which is 31st in the league. 374 yards per game, that's 26th overall. They've generated 10 turnovers, a plus three in turnover margin, which is pretty solid, which has helped them win four games in a row. However, they won one game by two points against the Raiders. Uh, They held on against the Washington Commanders, stopping a Carson Wentz throw at the goal line on the last play of the game. They beat the Colts, and the Colts just looked lousy. The, the Colts were so bad, they're replacing their quarterback, Matt Ryan. I mean, that's how bad it, it is and how bad it got. So the Titans have found a way. But if Davis Mills has time, I think he can throw the ball in this group. So let's talk about the keys against them. Number one, the biggest key against the Titans is can you run on them against the best D-line in the league? Now, there's no Harold Landry off the edge. And now there's no Rashad Weaver. So that, at the time... When I wrote this, Rashad Weaver was in the mix. Well, now he's not. So you're talking about Bud Dupree off one edge and forcing some backups to play at the other edge. But Jeffrey Simmons, we talked about him a little bit. Is he in? Is he out? It matters. There's no doubt. But Tierra Tart, number 93, has been playing exceptional. And Danico Autry is a bad you-know-what. Those guys all together are very difficult to run against because they are, A, violent, B, excellent at getting off blocks and see the linebackers run extremely well. Zach Cunningham, David Long, Dylan Cole, they all run. You saw Dylan and Zach. You know they can run. And if that line is protecting them, they run to the football and abate it. And that is difficult. So using some play action to slow down their pursuit, that's going to help. And you can throw the ball, which gets me the second key. I called it Fulton Ave because Christian Fulton is the guy the Titans are trying to rely on. He was drafted in the second round in 2020. And really hasn't lived up to the second round of claim. Forced the Titans to go draft Caleb Farley of the, uh, from Virginia Tech in the first round of 2021. He hasn't lived up to it. Elijah Molden was drafted in the fourth round. He's on IR. So then they went out and got Roger McCreary in the second round, who John Mechie whipped in a game uh, at Auburn against Alabama. Now, I should say whipped him. He got him in overtime, but that was a heck of a battle, Mechie McCreary, all game long. So... They're playing some guys in the back end that just don't have the experience and really I don't think are at a level that can slow down this Texans passing game. But as we just found out with the injury report, is Nico available? Is Brandon available? If they aren't or if one is and one isn't. And that's my gut that Brandon will be ready to go, but Nico won't. And it's just my gut. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we'll see. But how do the Texans exploit Christian Fulton and all those young dudes in the secondary. They've got to be able to get the ball off. Well, without Rashad Weaver and Harold Landry, maybe there's a decent chance of getting it off. If Jeffrey Simmons is banged up, maybe that slows him in the middle. I think the Texans have a really good opportunity to get the ball off and get it to their playmakers down the field. But who's that going to be? Is it going to be Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett? Is it Tyron Johnson who was just added? I don't know how that all comes together. The Texans have got to exploit a secondary that is 
way below average. Do that, and you got an opportunity to win this game. Simple keys this week. Will you do it? Will you perform? And if you do, you got a shot at home. First home game, or sorry, the second home game in 46 days. Wow, that's a lot. 46 days, only two home games. All right, those are your keys to the game. Appreciate you guys hanging around for that. We get back. Let's go around the NFL. From a fantasy perspective, who's in, who's out that you need to know about? That's next right here at Texas All Access. TGIF. Yes, thank God it's Friday and it's less than 48 hours away from kickoff against the Tennessee Titans. Welcome back to Texas All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. Looking forward to being at home. Now, a huge reminder. Hey, it's Kids Day. It's always cool. I always love Kids Day because one time uh, Gavin and Kenny, uh, they made a cartoon Johnny Harris. It was kind of cool. I actually did a cartoon interview up on the NRG video uh, stadium video board. It was awesome. It was like the greatest sign of respect. So I love Kids Day. Secondly, and perhaps more importantly, the game is at 3.05. Kickoff is at 3.05. Now, I know what your question is. Will the roof be open? Is there a ch- There's a chance the roof will be open. Just based on what I've seen for Sunday weather, it's going to be partly sunny and 74 as a high. So there's a chance. So all I'm saying is there is a chance. Don't quote me on that. I'm just going by what the rules that we set out. So there is a chance it could be open. But if there's any sign of rain at all, it'll be closed. So we'll see. So like I, used to, I tell my kids all the time. I, used, I remember... My, my mother used to tell me that. Mom, Mom, can I get the Lincoln Log? She's like, well, we'll have to see, won't we? And now my kids would ask, and I'd be like, nah, we'll see, which basically means no, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, for, for us, a lot of times, we'll see. is just, yeah, we'll give it some time, and we'll see. But what won't change is the 305 kick. So get your tailgating done and get your butt in the seats no later than 2.30. Enjoy the pregame and get loud and rowdy and get this team a win at home. It's been a while since you win. When was the last win at home? December 26th of 2021. That's a really long time. I would do the date, but I just I don't want to do math right now. I really don't. I want to go around the NFL really quickly and discuss players that are in or out, mainly one out. And this is a big one. If you have Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey, then you need to play Christian McCaffrey. Because Debo Samuel is out for this Sunday's game against the Rams. Which probably means, and why I mentioned Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is probably going to get more opportunities with Debo out of the game. My gut tells me receptions, especially if you have McCaffrey to PPR. But if McCaffrey is available somehow, some way, or he's sitting there on your bench, you're not sure what to do with him, play him. Yes, it's the Rams. I don't think the Rams are great this year. In fact, we're going to do our predictions later in the show. And I do think the Rams are going to end up winning that one. But no Debo Samuel for the 49ers. That's one of the reasons why I think the Rams will win. But also, Christian McCaffrey, keep an eye on him, getting more touches, more availability this week uh, against the Rams. Uh, so keep an eye on that happening on the West Coast. All right, we get back. We got a little double dip of Drew's dozen and behind enemy sidelines of DP City. That's next right here in Texans All Access. We got one hour down, one hour left to go right here on Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Texans, getting ready for Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. I I was trying to think about this. Do I 
which game do I get up for every year? Obviously, it's one of those three, Jaguars, Titans, and Colts. And the Colts games, to me, there's, I don't know. I like the Colts games, but I always seem to get up more for the Titans games. I love games against the Titans, home road. I love Nashville, so I love going to Nashville and, and checking out the games there, especially when the Texans knocked them off like they did last year in 2021. Now, I know we got a lot of fans out there today, but I've got to give some props to today's biggest Houston fan. That's Dykin. These guys are doing big things in Houston. As the world's number one indoor comfort provider, Dykin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all, from comfort and convenience to air quality. Dykin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future, reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050. Learn more at Daikin, D-A-I-K-I-N. That's DaikinLovesHouston.com. That's DaikinLovesHouston.com. Daikin also loves DP Sidhu and Drew Doherty. See, Daikin, DP, Drew. It all goes in the same segment. And when Daikin loves DP Sidhu, that means we're going to go behind enemy sidelines. And when it's Tennessee Titan week, that means Jim Wyatt, our buddy, from the Tennessean, who then moved over to the Titans. He's been covering the Titans uh, probably for the last five, six years. Does a tremendous job. Knows that team inside and out. Here we are behind enemy sidelines with DP Sidhu and Titans senior reporter Jim Wyatt. DP? We're going behind enemy sidelines with Jim Wyatt, senior writer for the Tennessee Titans. And uh, Jim, always a pleasure. These two teams have not faced each other yet, but looks like the Titans on a roll four-game win streak. Uh, what's the mood like there in Tennessee as they head into Houston? Well, it's a lot better than it was after the, after the first two games when they were 0-2, blew a game against the Giants in week one, and then go to Buffalo and get embarrassed on uh, Monday night football. And I think at that point, a lot of people were questioning where this team was going. And uh, they've kind of gotten off the mat and won four games in a row. You know, certainly still dealing with a lot of injuries, but just finding ways to win in different ways. And uh, I know, you know, it's a challenging part of the schedule coming up. We and, and we're used to going to Houston in uh, in December, so this is a this is a switch here going in October. But the Titans need to keep yeah, I thought you need to keep winning, and uh, I need to really start to get guys healthy again. Yeah, certainly a lot of guys that are banged up. Uh, let's start with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we saw him in a walking boot on Monday. You know, what can you tell us about just his toughness? Uh, if he can't go, what that quarterback position might look like under center for Sunday? Well, he's extremely tough. And he's ever since he's been here and since he took over as a starter in 2019, he started every game. And uh, and there really has not been a mystery going into any week uh, with him as the starting quarterback. You, you know, replace Marcus Mariota, you know, early part of 2019 and has battled through some things. He's taken some big hits. He gets sacked, hit, but he just always gets up. But on Sunday, he he got uh, he kind of got caught. Uh, one of our team's offensive linemen kind of got pushed back into him, landed on his right ankle, had it taped up you know, finished the game, but obviously was in a lot of pain, left the stadium in a walking boot. And uh, he tries to gut through everything. And I know he'll try to gut through it uh, again this week. Malik Willis is the only other quarterback currently on the roster. Logan Woodside, the practice squad quarterback. So I know Tannehill wants to play. They want him to play. And, um, you know, certainly if he doesn't, it's a big going to be a big change uh, for the Titans. All right, one guy who was banged up last year, he seems healthy and good as new this year, Derrick Henry, five rushing touchdowns, three straight games with 100-plus rushing yards. 
you know, has his workload changed at all in year seven? We saw him battle through some stuff last year, but how have you seen his usage increase, decrease, or or even remain the same this year for the Titans? Well, they're getting him cranked up more. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, his opportunities hinge on how the team's going. And if the team is falling behind in games like they did in Buffalo and they got blown out, you know, you're just not able to have a healthy dose of Derrick Henry. But when you're in a game like this past Sunday against the Colts where they played with a lead, you can just kind of hammer away with him. And uh, and that's what they were able to do. I mean, carried the ball, you know, I think it was 30 times and, and ran for, you know, over 100 yards for the third week in a row. So it seems like he's starting to gain some momentum around him. And it was 30 right on the dot. And uh, he's willing to do it. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, each year people will talk about whether or not they try to take some of the pressure off him, whether or not he won't get as many carries. And if things are going well, he's going to get the ball, and he wants the ball. And uh, what's impressive is he's continuing to do it now with a, with a makeshift offensive line in some ways. The team lost its starting left tackle and Ryan and, and Taylor Lewan for the season back in week two. Nate Davis, one of the team's starting guards, hasn't played the past couple of weeks. They've had some other guys step in and, and – the run games continue to be good. So um, we'll just see if that continues to be a part of the plan. I suspect it will be. Jim, just looking at the stat sheet from Sunday's game against the Colts, I had not realized that was the first time the Titans had scored in the fourth quarter of a game (laughs) all year. And even that was uh, two field goals. How much of a concern has that been throughout this stretch of the season? Just the inability to score. And yet somehow they keep finding ways to win. Yeah, it's remarkable, really, because you're right. It's it's been bad. I mean, it's and it's been a big topic of conversation here, and uh, and it's hard to say why they have have not been product as productive in the second half of games. I mean, you know, part of it's just they didn't have not operated well in some of those situations. Uh, some of it maybe has been conservative play calling in some of those games where you have a lead. Some of it. They've gotten sacks and been behind the chains and dealing with longer down and distance situations. And I think part of it has been, you know, their inability to get first downs in the second half has has kept them from being able to get into a groove and to, to correct some things on the fly. This team has now, after the past couple of weeks, has now scored 20 points in the second half of games, only six in the fourth quarter. Still haven't scored a, a, a fourth quarter touchdown, but 20 points in the first, second half of games compared to 95 in the first half. And um, it's hard to believe this team's been able to win four games in a row with those limitations. All right, Jim, you talked about injuries earlier. As far as wide receivers concerned, we saw the Titans sign a familiar face for the Texans. Chris Conley off the Chiefs practice squad. And a few weeks ago, first-round pick Traylon Burks went to IR. What can you tell us about that wide receivers group and how much shifting around they've had to do this year? Well, it's banged up. And you mentioned Burks. And, you know, he's a guy that had big plans for him. And then he, he got hurt in the first game against the Colts and, dealing with turf toes that's going to keep him out until at least you know, the middle of November when the team plays uh, Denver. So I think the first time he can come back is November 13th. You know, this team this past week had Robert Woods and this Nick Westbrook-Akine 
as its two starting receivers. A couple of guys who have been practice squad players here in the past, Cody Hollister and Mason Kinsey, each had catches in that game. You know, they they had Josh Gordon here for a stint earlier this season. He has since been waived from the practice squad. He played in a couple of games, and now they're trying somebody else and really just trying to make it through, to be honest with you, and uh, trying to get other guys involved. I mean, we saw the tight ends have a bigger role this past week, especially Austin Hooper. We've seen Dontrell Hilliard, one of the running backs behind Derrick Henry, have some games where he has made plays. But I'll be honest with you. I mean, this is a receiving core that that I think is probably not scaring a lot of people, but they're still winning. And, uh, and these guys are making plays at the right times for them. Okay, well, Jim, I feel like every time we play, I ask you about Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons on defense, but I want to ask you about some of the new faces because it looks like the Titans are getting some playmakers out of some new players that they pull up. Andrew Adams had a pick six, and then Terrence Mitchell, who we saw here with Houston, he gets a forced fumble. Uh, what makes that Titans defense excel so much, especially with with all these new playmakers out there? Well, yeah, I mean, Vrabel and uh, you know, good deserves a lot of credit. I think John Robinson and his staff deserve a lot of credit for being able to find guys like that that can step in and help. I mean, Andrew Adams and Terrence Mitchell, you know, both came here on the same day or the season. Their lockers are kind of on an island in the locker room, and and uh, and they don't get a lot of attention. And then all of a sudden on Sunday, you know, Adams has a pick six, and as you mentioned, Mitchell knocks the ball out, and they're able to seal the win. Just kind of a couple of unheralded guys who have been around the league but found themselves in a good spot and kind of bought into what they're preaching and to the culture around here. And it's been – it has been different guys every week. I mean, consistently it is Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Altry. Those guys are just incredible how disruptive they are. But Tier Tart. You know, a, a kind of a guy who does a lot of dirty work inside. He had an, you know, he, he he's made a lot of plays, including an interception, which is not something you see from a nose tackle very often. Bud Dupree returned to action this past week. Had had they credited him with eight quarterback pressures, which is remarkable. You know, David Long is another player who flies under the radar, but is consistently good for this team. And and they just have you know continue to have guys rise to the occasion for him. And I, I think this team and this defense has a chance to keep getting better. They lost Harold Landry before the season even started, which was a big loss for them. But they've had other guys step up. And again, doing it with, with some backups there, doing it while they're waiting on some other guys to get healthy, but kind of gaining some confidence along the way and kind of getting a little bit of a swagger about them in the process. Okay, well, Jim, before I let you go, I, I got to say, when I look at the roster, it just looks like a bunch of familiar Texans faces. I think I counted <laughs> nine on the active roster. That's not even including the IR guys and the practice squad guys. But have you guys ever talked to Mike Vrabel about all the, his love for former Texans players um, on his squad? Is that just from seeing the same players in the division? Is it from coming from the Patriots coaching tree, what do you attribute that to? And 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 have you ever asked Rabel about that? Yeah, and he does. I mean, he he. I think familiarity helps with bringing in some of these guys because he kind of knows what they're getting. But it is kind of uncanny, and it doesn't just stop at the at the roster either. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the coaching staff now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I named some of these guys, but in addition to Rabel, who obviously was there, Shane Bowen is a former Texan coach. Um, you know. Uh, they've also got Anthony Midget, who is a former Texan coach. It seems like they've even had more with the staff. That's at least, you know, you count Vrabel, Bowen, Midget 
with the staff. That's that's three, and I know I'm missing somebody else there. So uh, it is, is Pat O'Hara. Pat O'Hara, Pat O'Hara still O'Hara there. Is still, is Pat O'Hara is still here. So and t- uh, is Tim Kelly there as and well? Tim Kelly is here. So that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, yeah, you know some of these guys better than I do because we, we the, I mean, they've been yeah. here for a while. So he, he does. He 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 kept the band together over there. Yeah, and these guys have you know they've all kind of fit in with Vrabel's coaching style and his mentality you know yeah it helps that he knows them but you know it also helps that these guys are are tough-minded players and uh and all of them have done a good job helping the team so uh, I'm sure it'll be cool for them to come back to Houston this weekend and 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 return to their old old stomping grounds all right well looking forward to it Jim 305 we're in that late time slot kickoff and earlier like you said not in december or january we're going to face up here in uh in week eight looking forward to the matchup jim thanks so much for the time as always db thanks for having me i'll see you this weekend man there's something about hearing that twang in jim wyatt's voice it gets me excited about seeing the titans taking them on on sunday again kick is at 305 i'll repeat that a few other times to make sure you remember 305 so we're so used to noon kicks at NRG Stadium, this one's at 3.05. Now, if you've seen Titans-Texans the last few years, it's been at 3.05 kick in 19, in 20, in 21, and now again in 22. In 2018, it was a it was a Monday night game. So, night, 3.05, 3.05, 3.05, 3.05. So, staying consistent with this game against the Titans. Now, a guy I hope is very consistent and has been very consistent this year is Jonathan Owens. In his first Full year as a starter at safety next to Jalen Petrie. J.O. has been outstanding. Physical, solid in coverage. That back end has been really, really good. Now, has it been tested because teams have uh, been able to run the ball? Eh, you could argue maybe it's not been tested completely. There will be a Deshaun Watson sighting. There will be a Patrick Mahomes sighting down the road, a Dak Prescott, etc. They faced Derek Carr last week. They did a pretty good job slowing his role a little bit. Eh, maybe because Josh Jacobs was able to do uh, whatever he wanted to in the run game. Point being, Jonathan Owens has been really good at safety this year next to Jalen Petrie, and I love that safety combination. And Drew Doherty stepped in for a little Drew's Dozen, the man affectionately known as J.O. Today's guest is straight out of St. Louis. In 2018, signed with the Arizona Cardinals as an undrafted free agent, though in 18 and in 19, he was on practice squads. And finally in 20, he made it to the active roster of the Texans. But it wasn't until this season, 2022, when Jonathan Owens made the 53-man roster to start the season. And now he's here playing some Jenga with us. Jonathan, it's great to be with you. We got this one. What would your walk-up song be if you were a baseball player? Walk-up song. Oh, that's a good one. Or if you walk into a room. That's a good one. I like In a Minute by Lil Baby. That's, okay. That's my, that's my song. How's it go? For the folks that might not hear, I've heard it before. You never heard it? I, yeah, I kind of gave myself away, didn't I? Uh, well, I, I probably heard it, but... We got to get it in the background music yeah, we'll somehow. Background we got to get it in the background music. Okay, your turn to pull. I don't want to disrespect him. <laughs> you play Jenga quite a bit at home, don't you? You got the jumbo Man, stuff. you know, you know, it's yeah. all, it's all, you know. Family nights on a Friday sometimes? You know it. Yeah. Ooh, what is your most used emoji? I definitely like the laughing emoji that's, that has the laugh to the side, the though. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite That kind one. of is newer to the scene, because everybody's done the crying emoji, yeah, 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 and then that yeah, came on yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. Or, that's my, that's my yeah. favorite one right I like now. it. That's a good one. What is your go-to karaoke song? What's this? What's uh, It's definitely a Chris Brown song. The Chris Brown song? Yes. Um, excuse me, miss. All right. Tell me, fellas, have you seen her? It was about five minutes ago. That's, that's all I get it's for good. free. It's good. I like it. All right. <laughs>
What is your zodiac sign? Uh, I'm a Leo. A Leo? Yeah. I'm a Leo as well. What's oh, your yeah? birthday? Uh, July 22nd, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cups baby, but you know, I have, I have more Leo traits than cancer. A what baby? A cusp. So your, oh, your birthday is that. on, you know what I mean? But my sister, cancer, full blown cancer, super emotional, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm more kind of laid back, you know, kind of do my own thing. And but we like it about ourselves too, don't we? I, I didn't want to say that, <laughs> but you get it though. You I'm get vain, it. I recognize it, I'm August 4th, so. <laughs> okay, two Leos playing some Jenga. Loving the spotlight. <laughs> what would your superpower be? I definitely would want to be able to like zap to any part place that I want to be. Like, mm. let's say I want to be in like Arizona tomorrow, just, psh, you know what I mean? Just instantly though, you know what I mean? Um, like just be able to jet to anywhere I want. Boom, boom. Tahiti, mm. London. Quick, quick. Outer Mongolia. Quick. I like it, that's a good one. Ooh, which teammate could play on the other side of the ball? So you're a defensive player. Who could play offense, or which offensive player could play defense? Um, I'm going to go with my guy, Graylin Arnold. Oh, okay. What could he play? Offense, for sure. Yeah? Put him at receiver. He's a problem. Got some hands? Oh, man, he's nice. He got <laughs> he got the wiggle, man. I'm sure the coaches know this, too. Oh, so. they know. They yeah. know. They know. Uh-oh. Might be breaking some news here. Okay. Favorite childhood TV show, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Obviously. Ed, Ed, and Eddie? I used to run home to watch that on Cartoon Network. It's a good one? Yeah. What else did you watch? <sighs> Honestly, man, I was just a big Nickelodeon fan. Like yeah. anything on Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Codename, Kids Next Door. That was that was a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you bringing me back? That's what we try to do here on uh -oh. Jenga. No, that, that won't work. Oh, you about to lose? What are you talking about? Oh. Whoop. Oh. Great to play with you as always, yes, my sir. friend. Best of luck this week. Best I of luck. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Dang, Drew playing Jenga, man. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Congratulations to J.O. for beating Drew in Jenga and giving us some insight into his background. A little later in the show, we'll have Drew Doherty's final word, also with Jonathan Owens, but they will talk strictly football in that interview a little bit later in the show. Coming up next, this weekend's games start in London, actually on ESPN+. Plus. The Broncos taking on the Jaguars. There are a number of other games, including Texas Titans. I will predict them all minus Texans Titans. Straight up and against the spread for fun. For fun. It's a way to talk about the NFL. Got all the games coming up next. And my predictions right here at Texans All Access. Yes, sir. Welcome back to this Friday edition. TGIFF. F. Friday edition. Is that right? Thank God it's freaking football Friday. Yeah, yeah, it's close enough. Close enough, you know it's a Friday, you know it's all access, and you know it's me, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter, coming at you on a Friday evening. Hopefully, you're enjoying Astros baseball, the sound down, and listen to me, or you're traveling to a high school game to go see it, listen to me. That would be uh, really cool, but I just appreciate you listening. And maybe you're listening to it on podcast on Saturday, or maybe before the game on Sunday. That's fine, too. Get all our podcasts, uh, HoustonTexas.com or iTunes. Uh, Odyssey, Spotify. I mean, there's a lot of different places you can get all of our podcasts, get all the all-access shows, all that kind of stuff. So appreciate you for being there for us. Reach out time in the show. It's my favorite time. Predictions time. Now, I say this every week, and I'll say it again. This is only for fun. It's a way to talk about the games, talk about the teams, and just talk about the NFL. So we're going to do that. So get my music. There it is. I love my music. I love just having the music going while I'm, I'm talking. Is just It makes it so easy. It makes me want to sing, actually. And I can't sing, but I'm going to try.
because I'm going to sing right here about the football that's taking place in London, and that's where we start on Sunday morning, 8.30 local time, as the Broncos are taking on the Jaguars. Russell Wilson is doing high knees in the aisles on the flight to London for four hours while his teammates try and sleep. Uh, yeah, Mr. Hardo, I don't think gets it done. The Jags have been there. They've done this. They know how to go over to London and get a win. I think they will do it again. The Jags are favored by two and a half. It's not clear whether Russell is going to play or play in full. I don't think the Broncos are good either way. So I think the Jaguars are going to get this done. I put this little, this little ditty in my by the numbers. The Jaguars are the only team in the AFC South with a positive point differential. The only team. Two and five. The Titans are minus 13, 4 and 2. So, yeah, I don't know. You, you do the math and figure that out. But either way, the Jags have been playing much, much better, just not getting wins. But they will get one in London, as they did last year when they beat the Dolphins. All right, let's get to NFC South action starting at noon as the Panthers go to the Falcons. A.J. Terrell is out the corner for the Falcons, but I don't think it matters. I think P.J. Walker makes the Panthers a better overall team. But it won't matter against the Falcons. I think Marcus Mariota bounces back. I think the Falcons get the win. And the spread is four, and they cover that four. I'm thinking 24-17, Falcons beat Panthers in the ATL. Bears going to the Cowboys. Now, the Bears on a short week, they played in Gillette, Foxborough, Monday night. A little rainy, cold, all that kind of stuff. Come back to Chicago. Then they got to get back on a bird on Saturday and fly to Dallas and playing a noon game. Dallas is favored by 10. I think Dallas houses the Bears. No more Robert Quinn for the Bears. I don't know the number could have been high enough. I was taking Dallas any which way. Now, the Bears did gain some confidence. Though no Robert Quinn, short week, and having to travel. I think Dallas houses the Bears. Lay the 10, take the Cowboys to win and to cover. The Dolphins are going to Detroit. Detroit will get DeAndre Swift back. That's big. Last week, Jamal Williams coughed one up at the goal line against the Cowboys in a big situation. And that wasn't the deciding point in Alliance loss to the Cowboys, but didn't help in a 24-6 loss to the Cowboys. I think, at a minimum, Detroit gets a cover. I'm going to go with Miami because I think Tua being back helps Miami. The Detroit offense or defense is still not all that yet. I think Tua does put up some points. But this feels like 31-28. 38-35, 27-24, where it's a three-point game at a maximum. Dolphins win. Let's give the Lions a cover. The Cardinals going to the Vikings. The Vikings are favored by three and a half. Now, Vegas must not know the rich history the Cardinals have in Minnesota. And for the last, oh, I think 10 years, L, 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 L. Yeah, it sounds like I'm you know, repeating myself. Well, that's the case. The Cardinals haven't won in Minnesota. They definitely haven't won at U.S. Bank Stadium. And they go back up to their house of wars where the Vikings are playing very, very well. I think the three and a half is way too low. I think the Cardinals, even though they have DeAndre Hopkins back, I think they're playing a formidable foe in a place where they don't play well against a team that is playing very, very well. That's Vikings beating the Cardinals by more than three and a half. So that's a win and a cover for the Vikings. The Texans opponent last week, the Las Vegas Raiders, Go on the road and come down to this neck of the woods just a little bit further east, and that's New Orleans to take on the Saints. And the Saints are a mess right now. The Saints' first-round draft pick 
is going to the hands of the Eagles. So if this thing continues careening down the drain, the Saints won't even be able to satiate themselves with the fact they've got a top first-round draft pick. So they just got to do whatever to win games. This one's going to be tough. The Raiders with the Devontae Adams-Josh Jacobs combination. I think Derek Carr will play well. I don't know if the Saints can score enough to stay with the Raiders. Let's give the Raiders a win. They're favored by one and a half on the road. I don't like road favorites, but I'll go with one here, having seen them last week and knowing what the Raiders are capable of. Raiders win and cover that one and a half. The Patriots are taking on the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Now, just like the Cardinals and the Vikings, Bill Belichick has hammered the Jets. Hammered the Jets. In fact, the last quarterback to beat the Patriots as a member of the Jets, some guy named Ryan Fitzpatrick back in 2015. Seven years ago. That changes on Sunday as the Jets get a win. New England's favored by two and a half at MetLife. I think the Jets are going to go get that win even without Brees Hall. They still have Michael Carter in the backfield. That defense is playing lights out. I'm giving the Jets a win finally, beating Bill Belichick, dropping the Patriots even further than their 3-4 and four record indicates. Jets win at home, and obviously because the Patriots are favored, they cover the spread. Steelers taking on the Eagles. It's a battle of Pennsylvania, baby, and it's not a governor's battle. Steelers are 2-5, and five, and they're taking on the Eagles, and the Eagles have a short week coming up because they play this game, and then they fly to Houston to take on the Texans on Thursday night. Does that play a role in the Eagles just trying to get in and get out? I don't think so. I think the Eagles just play their game. They're favored by 11, and I think they hammer the Steelers. The Steelers just aren't going to be able to put up points. I think Kenny Pickett will probably struggle a little bit, and that in turn leads to an Eagles win. I think 28-14 feels about right. That's a cover and a win for the Philadelphia E-A-G-L-E-S, which I probably shouldn't do this week. Given the Eagles and the Phillies connection, but doesn't really matter because these Eagles are going to win that game by a couple of tutties and beat the Steelers in the link. But that'll be all the winning that the Philadelphia teams do this week if you catch my drift. All right, we get the afternoon games. Texas Titans never pick against my heart and my head, but I like that two-and-a-half-point spread for the Texans. I think the Texans this week – We'll feel good on Sunday, hopefully. All right, let's get to afternoon games. So let's go to Indianapolis, where the 3-4 and four Commanders are taking on the 3-3-1 three, three and one Indianapolis Colts. And if you missed the news earlier this week, Sam Ellinger, formerly of the University of Texas, is going to take over as the starting quarterback for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, Quiddy Pay, not in this game at all. So that means Nick Foles is the backup. So Austin, Texas, represented very well by the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Taylor Heineke has made the Commanders into a better football team. Now, was it just a one-time thing, as they showed last week against the Green Bay Packers, beating them 23-21? Or are the Commanders going to be that team going forward with Taylor Heineke at quarterback? I think it's probably somewhere in between. I think they got the Packers playing very, very poorly. Caught them at the right time. I think Heineke... Doing some things that he's done before. I think the commanders will rally around him, but I think the Colts will bounce back. The Colts did not look good. I think the Colts will play well around Sam Ellinger, just like the commanders are playing well around Taylor Heineke. So I think these two gritty, gutty quarterbacks, a little bit of athletic ability, are going to make it tough on each side. 
But in the end, the Colts are favored by three. I think the Colts win by five. 28-23, that's the number I'm going with. Colts win and get the cover. Now, earlier, I told you about Debo Samuel for the 49ers. He is out, O-U-T, out of this game against the L.A. Rams. The Rams at 3-3 three and three have been up and down and up and down. They've been inconsistent all year. Same with the 49ers. Both have been inconsistent. Now, the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. The Rams have Matt Stafford, and maybe that's the difference. How do the 49ers get Christian McCaffrey more oriented into the offense, especially with Christian McCaffrey out? We're going to find out. San Francisco's favored by one and a half in large part because the Rams have not played well and the 49ers own the Rams. I think it's the last eight times they've played, it has been a 49ers victory. But that changes on Sunday. The Rams at SoFi will get the win, even though San Francisco's favored by point and a half will go with the Rams to win and obviously cover because of the underdog in their own stadium in SoFi. Sunday, this is afternoon. Boy, this, this is how things have changed across the NFL. The Sunday afternoon game on Fox, Giants against the Seahawks. We all thought those two teams would be vying for the number one overall pick in 2023. They are 6-1 and one and 4-3, and three respectively. They have played extremely well in close games. The Seahawks have scored a ton of points. The Giants have been, uh, they've jumped all over teams, turning the ball over. They've been opportunistic. Seattle's favored by three at home. I think these teams are very even. But in the end, I think it's going to be Kenneth Walker, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks, who a lot of people liked. I know the Texans liked him. I liked him. A lot of people liked him. I think he's the difference. Seahawks get a win and cover at home over the G-Men. Sunday night, Bills taking on the Packers. Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers and the Packers keep it a lot closer than 11. They won't win. Bills win. Packers cover. And then Monday night, well, this is a tough one. Browns-Bengals. Cincinnati's favored by three. I'm going with the Bengals to cover. I think the Browns will lose, hopefully. But the Bengals uh, will get a narrow victory. It's got to be narrow because they're favored by three. So win, Bengals, Browns, cover. So there you go. And those are your predictions each and every week. Coming up, Houston Methodist Minutes and the final word of Drew Doherty right here on Texans All Access. We go one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access on a wonderful Friday evening. Maybe a little wet where you might be. This rain came in, so hopefully that's going to cool things back off, which would be kind of nice to be in late October, early November, and it finally have uh, we finally have some fall temperatures. That would be kind of nice. Finally, yes, we play inside, so it's not a big big, big deal, I guess. But I just want it cooler, man. I want to feel like it's fall. I didn't just go from summer to winter like it typically does. So hopefully this rain will bring a little cooler weather for all of us. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And I love the conversations that Mark has each and every Friday with one of the great doctors from Houston Methodist. Last week, the discussion they had for about three or four minutes on concussions was absolutely fantastic. So what is it this week? Well, here's Mark, and let's find out. Joining us right now on Houston Methodist Minutes, it's Dr. Joshua Septimus. Doctor, how's it going today? Doing absolutely fantastic. How about you? Uh, doing well, and that's because I'm not suffering from some kind of virus that I know about at the moment. But I wanted to talk to you about this. There are a lot of viruses and illnesses going around. We've come out of COVID, yet it feels like a lot of people are getting sick. And it's not just a cold. It's a virus. It's nondescript. Can you share any information on what might be going around or what people are experiencing? 
Absolutely. And, you know, you're not just perceiving it. You are 100% correct. We are being flooded in Houston with influenza. So the first thing that people need to do is go out and get their flu shots if they have not done so already. Uh, but we are seeing not only influenza, we're also seeing what's called respiratory syncytial virus, which is a uh, virus that typically affects very young children and the elderly, as well as uh, rhinovirus, which is the most common cause of the common cold. But the cases of rhinovirus that we're seeing this year, at least in my clinical experience and my colleagues' clinical experience, seems to be more severe than it has been in years past. And of course, we are still seeing COVID. So we've come out of COVID in the sense that people are not masking and social distancing anymore, but it is still out there. Mm. Yet maybe that would help with all this stuff. Let me ask you this about rhinovirus, as you say, the common cold. And there are a lot of different treatments on the market for this sort of thing. We had the vaccine for COVID. Is there any other prevention for the common cold other than hand washing and taking vitamin C's or whatever else might be out there? So unfortunately, there is no vaccine for the common cold. There are vaccines that are pretty close to market, I believe, for the respiratory syncytial virus. Um, there's two of them that I know of that are in late-stage clinical trials. But for the common cold, for rhinovirus, and for the human coronaviruses that are not COVID, which also cause the common cold, it's really all about taking care of your body and making sure that you're washing hands. I, I will say none of these over-the-counter things like emergency and vitamin C and zinc, none of them are effective. I think that they make us feel better because we're doing something. But in truth, you're better off focusing on your health. Make sure you're getting good sleep. Make sure that you're exercising regularly. Make sure that you're washing your hands. It's really the basics that make the biggest difference. And again, get your flu shot. Doctor, that's great information. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. That's Dr. Joshua Septimus from Houston Methodist, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Methodist Leading Medicine. Oh, yeah, this is that time of year, colds, flus. The uptick in COVID, which hopefully we're, we're beyond it being a massive talking point, but like the flu, like the common cold, it's going to be here uh, now forever. And it's just a matter of how you handle it and how you get better and get back on your feet. My brother-in-law just got hit with it. I think he's at the vaccine and the booster, and he still got hit with it uh, about two weeks ago. So, And he got hit with it pretty hard. So colds, flus, COVID, it's all... It's all one big sick fest, which hopefully we don't want to see as we get near the holidays, especially uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc. And you know what? Halloween, too. I don't know. Some people don't celebrate Halloween, but some people like to live it up. I, I think my neighborhood's doing it on Monday. I've heard some neighborhoods around here are moving it to Sunday so it doesn't interfere with the World Series. I don't know. Come by my house. I'm sure I'll have candy for you. You don't have to be dressed up. You don't have to be a kid. You can come by my house and... I'll just hand you candy, I guess. I'll sit out front and just do what I always do. I'm in a new house, though, so it's not going to be like it used to be. My Last year, my dog and my son and I just sat outside, handed candy to kids, had a great time. I'll do probably the same this year, I guess, at the new house. It'll be kind of fun to see everybody in their costumes. But even if you aren't dressed up, I don't know, maybe I'll give you a beer or something. I don't know. I don't drink, so I don't have any beer. So maybe a water. So just stop by the house. All right, enough of that. Let's talk to Jonathan Owens. Every single Friday, I give the final word to Drew Doherty. We heard a little Drew's dozen with J.O. Now it's time for the true pregame 
Football Friday interview with one of the Texans, and it does happen to be Jonathan Owens. Here's Drew with the final word with J.O. Time to get ready for the Titans, so nobody better to do that with than Jonathan Owens, defensive back for the Texans. Mm -hmm. Always good to be with you. So you got a nice challenge in front of you, and we'll get to the game in just a moment. But this has been a pretty wild season for you. Mm -hmm. You had never been on a 53-man roster at the start of a season. That was a first, and you've taken off from there. Mm -hmm. You're leading this team in tackles. What have you learned the most about yourself in this time? Just being resilient. Now I just pride myself on tackling. You know what I mean? I wanted to have my niche or something that I would be known for, you know, especially, you know, when other teams are looking at the game plan. And I never realized how much I like take pride in tackling yeah. until this year, you know, when you have to we come out the gate with some of the best running backs. That's that's one thing I've learned about myself, man. I'm, have you had to be different as a player in preparation for it during the week of practice with that in mind, knowing that you've you got to be a little bit more mm-hmm. physical than you had been in the past? Yeah, I'm like my angles, everything in practice every time. Like, I mean, even when we're practicing and going against the scout team and everything, like I make sure to tell the running backs, like, I need, I need that look this week. You yeah. know, make sure you give me something, maybe throw a stiff for them, you know, what the guy this week can do. So, um, you know, I just, you know, take it a little bit more serious than the years past, just because I'm actually on getting reps now. So, you know, it's exciting, man. I'm up for the challenge. All right. One of the challenges this week is a guy and a running back mm-hmm. Texans are very familiar with, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do to stop him? You just got to tackle him, man, hit him, get as much of your body on him as possible. So that's just one thing. I, I look at a lot of guys who made good tackles on him, you know, and I just want to see what they did good and what angles did they take and, um, you know, what – People didn't do as well on him. Yeah. You know, I, I studied that as well. So, you know, I just had to take my preparation to another level with them just because we do see him twice a year. And I've gotten a chance just to watch him the past three years. I haven't actually got a chance to play against him. So I'm excited for it. How tricky is it when you're preparing during the week, knowing that you might see one guy quarterback, you might see a different guy quarterback? One's Ryan Tannehill, one's mm-hmm. a rookie Malik Willis. What's that like as a, as a defensive back getting ready? They do different things, you know. So one guy's more of a physical runner, you know. He doesn't really slide well. You know, the other one's a veteran quarterback. So, um, you know, you just have to – we get both looks, you know, so we prepare for both of them. It's just whoever we do get so to make sure we will be ready. You know, but you just have to know who you're going against, you know, yeah. and know what their strengths and know what their weaknesses are. You guys are undefeated in the division. Mm-hmm. How important is that keeping that going? It's very important just because, you know, you do play – each other twice a year, so it's almost a slight rivalry every game that mm-hmm. you go against in the division. It's a little bit more heightened. Everyone's out there, you know, anxiety levels are up higher. He's just ready, man. You know, it's always going to be a dog fight in the division. We got to wrap things up. Halloween, you going to dress up? Probably. What are you going to be? I don't think she will let me tell you. Oh, it's that big a deal, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about your favorite Halloween candy? Uh, favorite Halloween candy. I'm going to go with Reese's. Re- Reese's. Uh, what do you hate to see go in the Halloween bucket when you get it? Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls. Those are the worst. Who, who, I wouldn't who say the really, worst. Who really likes Tootsie Rolls? I, I'll raise my hand. I like really? It. It's not my favorite, but I like them. Really? Them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, psychopath. <laughs> and on that note, we'll wrap things up. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Best of luck against the Titans. Give him hell. Appreciate it. Absolutely give him hell, J.O. Need J.O. to have a big ball game. Need Petrie, Stingley, Nelson to have a great big ball game. But need the front seven, most importantly, to have the best ball game they've had this year against Derrick Henry. Is it asking too much? I'm sure there's some of you thinking, yeah, maybe. But if they could just keep him from going off. Look, the last three times Derrick Henry has been on the field against the Texans, he's rushed for over 200 yards. In the game in 2020 up there in Nashville, he also had two receptions for 52 yards. That, to me, that, that, that's the killer. 
It's the receptions out of the backfield. If they're not getting him going, I could see them using him on screens, using him out in the flat, anywhere where he can get space and runway. And if he does, he's he's running downhill, and that's very, very difficult to stop. It's going to take a lot of your pride, a lot of your soul, and everything you've got in your body to take down Derrick Henry effectively for 25 times. And I got a feeling when it comes to nut-cutting time in this game, he's going to get the football. So that's going to be 27 to 30 times. He had 30 carries last week against the Colts. He'll get, I would think, that many if the Titans are in the lead or just around it because that's the best thing to do offensively. They average 275 yards a game, and Henry's going to pick up a, a decent majority of that, um, I would think, on, on Sunday against the Texans. So slow him down, give Davis time to throw, and let's go win this football game against the Tennessee Titans. Again, kickoff is at 3.05. So – Pre-game radio will start with Sean and Seth on Sports Radio 610 at noon. I jump on at 12.15, so make sure you don't miss that. Then Mark, Andre, and myself have the game call for you starting at 3.05 and somewhere around 6.15-ish when the game is over. It's time for the postgame. That means Sean Pendergast and Clint Sterner will be at NRG Stadium ready to rock and hopefully discussing a win over the Tennessee Titans. So. Let's go get that win. Hopefully the roof will be open. That'd be great. The roof is open. Play well. I don't know what the formula is, but whatever it is, find it. And find it on Sunday to beat the Titans. It's going to be a four-quarter game. I mean, and by four-quarter game, you know what I mean. I'm not talking, you know, they changed the rules or anything, and it's now a three-quarter game. No, it's always a 60-minute game. It's just a matter of this one won't be settled until 60 minutes have passed. It's all the way through. It's going to be, I think, close all the way. Even if one team jumps out, I think the other team's going to come back. But this is that one where the Texans can step up and say, you know what? You guys might have won the division. We're undefeated in the division right now. We're going to stay that way and show that we truly can play with anybody in this division anywhere and then get set up for Thursday against the Eagles where they're wearing the Battle Reds, jerseys, and helmet. That's next week. Task at hand, beat the Titans. Let's go. We'll see you then. A big thanks to DP, to Drew, to Mark, to Lovey Smith, to Jonathan Owens, to Jim Wyatt, to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. And as always, go Texans.